0: All right, welcome to the chapel. Good morning, good morning. Let's give our worship team a hand. They do such a great job. And we just, we could just
1: so subtly phase out of worship that it's so easy to, um, you know, our eyes are on Jesus. But it's so easy, I think, to forget, you know, the servant, the, the, the service that our uh, our worship team really provides for us
0: uh, before the Lord.
1: And um, so stop laughing at me. Okay, so,
0: <laughs> um, Christmas is here. Thanks to our team of volunteers who helped set everything up. It looks so beautiful. Let's clap for them. I know Miss Marianne has done so much, and Miss Julie Milliken has done
1: so much, and their team's so thankful for you guys.
2: Yes, it looks really beautiful. And if I understand correctly, I think uh, Miss Julie is still doing some decorating after service today. So if you committed um, that you wanted to help, just be sure to meet with her after service so we can get those decorations done. All right, we have a lot of dates. Um, <laughs> For the month of December, so be sure to write these down. So the first one is the ladies brunch. Um, this is our Christmas brunch. It's going to be on the 9th from tenth, uh, 10 to 1130. Where Sabella is and Miss Twiler back there, there is a sign up sheet. So please sign up for that. That's $10. And then on the 17th, which is a Sunday, we have Christmas at the chapel. So be sure to come at 10 to 10.30 for brunch. We're going to have a lot of treats. Um, And it's going to be filled with a great Christmas message from our pastor, beautiful Christmas music. Uh, And the kids will also be doing their own little service as well. Have them dress up in their favorite PJs. And there's going to be waffles. And they're going to be hearing a great Christmas message uh, at the same time. And then there's going to be another um, Sunday evening service on six uh, at 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Um, come early, come joy, enjoy a special candlelight family style service. Um, the children will be joining us during the service in the sanctuary. Invite your friends, invite your family. It's going to be a really amazing time, um, just learning about the birth of Jesus and celebrating that. So,
1: I just wanted to share a, a quick little t- kind of testimony. Um, I've been coming to this church for, sorry for my voice, I just, I'm not sick, I'm just, My voice. I lost my voice. So I've been coming to this church for a while now. Um, I actually was kind of like adopted into like my uncle's family, who kind of forced me to come into this church, so I started at youth, and it's been a, like an amazing uh, just life, doing life with the church, and um, we've really been doing like life. And so a lot of you guys don't know, but my family, we've been praying for my family, um we've been having you know, but we also been playing praying for my wife's family. Um, she comes from a uh Muslim family. She she's a Christian, but she comes from Muslim family. So we've always had like little family issues, but this has really filled in that spot um and became our family. And so it's amazing doing holidays with you guys, um, Sue. Um, so, it's amazing doing holidays with you guys, but my mom's my mom's coming over today, and I'm excited to tell her that Sue and I are pregnant. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <gonna show>
1: <laughs> Sue's about to fall. Um, so, thank you guys so much for being our family. We want to actually tell you, I told you guys before my real family, so um it's amazing because a lot of you guys were asking us questions this morning <laughs> um but i honestly want to say thank you so much because a lot of you guys have been praying for us um and just i want to continue to do life with this and i'm excited for our kids to grow up in this church praise god. <laughs> praise god praise god thank you lord thank you
0: lord would y'all please stand and just welcome our pastor as he comes Change is a-coming. I'm so glad to hear that, Jonathan and Sue. We're excited for you. Uh, I have four children, and uh, mm, love each one of them. And the two oldest, three boys and a girl, and the two oldest boys have two uh, boys, which... Then we have a young lady on the way. Of course, she'd be young. She's a a lady on the way. So we'll have five grandchildren. And, uh, you know, we have Uriah with this young couple, Justin and Kristen. And, man, the the young children are coming. Great. How many remember when you were born? How many remember when you had your first child and how exciting it was? So uh, we're going to bless them one day with a, baby shower you know uh, I have three sons and a daughter like I said so then the three sons are married so now I have four daughters with the daughter-in-laws and I was so let me tell you I would bust my buttons last night because those four young ladies took their father-in-law and their father out to a very nice steakhouse And let me tell you, when I'm sitting there with these four young ladies, it dawns on me that this gray-headed man is with four ladies at one time. So when Brooke made sure that the waiter knew that I was the father or father-in-law, I said, you really thought they were my girlfriends, didn't you? And the guy went, maybe just a little bit. (laughs) Very proud of my daughters, and they... They just did a great job in honoring me, and thank you. Uh, let me start out with something funny this morning. Maybe you'll because uh, that wasn't funny enough. Okay, so let me let me tell you this. This older man was fishing on the riverbank. He had fished there a lot of times, and he'd kind of been praying for a, a, a vision of what God could do in his life, even though he's older. And uh, he heard this, hey, Pick me up. And he, he looked around. And he thought, what in the world? Am I hearing things? Is that you, God? And he heard, hey, pick me up. And he looked down and he saw a little frog. And the frog looked up at him and said, hey, pick me up and kiss me. And I'll turn into a beautiful bride. He picked up the frog and was putting it in his pocket When he heard, hey, I said, if you kiss me, I'll turn into a beautiful bride. And which he looked down at the frog and said, honey, at my life, I'd rather have a talking frog. Now, here's what I know. Last Sunday, after our wonderful Thanksgiving meal, or two weeks ago, I began telling that story and that joke. If this morning was the first time you heard it, it was probably funnier than those that have heard it before because they hadn't, you know, heard it before. They go, you know what? It's not as funny. I already knew the joke, I knew the punchline, I knew what was coming. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that is so critical for the believer to know but you have already heard it so many times that let me me tell you this that if it's not constantly brought to our attention, again, hey that we tend to gravitate away from it of knowing our identity in Christ Jesus and the reason why we gravitate, we have to realize that even though we're in the world we're not of the world. When you're in the world but not of the world by the world, you look a little, let's say, it, crazy. Anybody that has faith being sure of the things we hope for, but certain of the things we do not. Say. Let me tell you this. That is crazy to a person that does not have an understanding of who God is and what the Word of God says in our life as His children. As we've been talking about this whole year, that again I want to bring to your attention is that God has blessed us. We've talked about so many things and possessing the land as the children of Israel did and all the things all the way back and and forth that I can imagine if I'd had time I'd just share every one of them. But again, the title of this whole year is that you're blessed in order to be a blessing. Most people will argue with me in the richest country in the world that they're not blessed or they're not, you know, that God hasn't really blessed. Oh, well, you know, because we always think of there's somebody that is wealthier or more blessed than you are. And that's why the argument starts. Well, I don't really see, I really don't believe. That's why our church goes on missions trips and those people that choose to go, they, they look and they go, oh, my goodness. And it kind of cuts down the excuses of really understanding that at this point, that God has blessed us right where we are to be a blessing. Uh, The last couple weeks, we've talked about the, the subject or the title of that little series was One Day or Someday You Get to Decide. In other words, you can choose day one is today. Or you can choose, well, someday I'll, I'll walk in that identity of who Christ called me to be and the purpose that he has in my life. Someday or day one. What will you choose? And I hope that you have chosen to begin to walk in the identity of who Christ says that you are and not what people around you or even the culture that we live in says you are. We talked about the high poppy mentality, which is if there was anybody that got a little bit head and shoulders about if they're excelling in life just cut them down make sure they realize that they're not that special but when you understand the word of God and the favor of God on your life you begin to realize that what God asks us to do is not a burden when you realize how blessed you are then it is generous on every occasion the first week of that little series I want to remind you because we're building on truth line on line and precept on precept we're building something and I want you to understand that the first week that we talked about Elijah and how he's a man of God and he's man he's watching all these miracles take place he he prays for a drought for three years and let me tell you I don't have time to go back into that message but I want you to understand that God worked through him mightily he walked in his identity he called down fire boom fire comes down He saw revival take place that he had prayed for. He saw, uh, uh, here's a spiritual word, manifestation, something that he believed by faith for that actually came into something tangible. But all that happened was the queen of the land said, I'm going to kill you. Fear, doubt, and unbelief came into his life. He ran for his life. Now again, I'm not making fun of him because I've been right there with him. Not with him, but you know what I'm saying, in the mindset of that. There's stuff that comes into our life that blows in and blows out. And if we're not careful, we get out of our identity and we start believing what the enemy speaks over our life. The next week I talked about the servant of Elisha. Elisha was the the person that took the place of Elijah. I, I really believe because of his fear, doubt, and unbelief that came into his life. Elisha came after Elijah, and he's he's such working, but somebody is in his life. He's working in the power of God and, and seeing things that are even greater than Elijah. But in a story that is just almost unconceivable, he is able by the Spirit of God to hear what the enemy is going to do and where the enemy's going to be, and he's telling the king of Israel. The king of uh, Ammon gets so upset, he sends a whole army to get... Elisha now here is the opportunity for fear doubt and unbelief to enter into your life just like it has in his life the enemy is surrounding the city where Elisha is and where he wakes up in the morning his servant goes outside and begins to see the enemy Elijah, I'm sorry, Elisha says, God, would you please open his eyes so that he can see with the spiritual eyes and all of a sudden he sees the army of God behind the enemy army and then all of a sudden, boom. He does not go into fear, doubt, and unbelief. He doesn't go into worry. He doesn't go into complaining. But he goes into saying, all right, we got this. Because God is on our side. I hope you remember that, that message. But if you don't, I hope you remember the week, the last week I preached, and that is recalling the goodness of God. Let me tell you this, that walking in your identity as a Christian, again, you can say, Pastor, I've been in the church 50 years. And what I've experienced as pastor, let me, let me give it another time. senior pastor. Here's a new one, lead pastor. I could throw all the titles on myself, but here's what I have experienced that just because people have been in church 50 years don't mean they have 50 years of experience. They might have one year experience 50 years in a row, they've never grown. That's why it's so important to grow and realize that just because you know your identity at age 25, if you're 55, you might have gravitated away from that and believed something that the Word of God doesn't even say over your life because of your belief system. You're basing your belief system on just totally your experience and not the Word of God. Don't do that. All right, let's go on. I preach recall the goodness of God because what we do is when we're walking in our identity and it's so important to be prepared before the storm comes because let me tell you, people when that storm comes can't even be talked into reality. They can't even see their hand in front of their face. It's easy to get depressed. It's easy to have your spirit closed. Nobody has an answer. So when I said that the psalmist and David, here he gets caught up. And, and a lot of times like us, just like Goliath, David and Goliath, and Goliath came out every uh, morning and evening and yelled insults. A lot of times when we lay in bed at night and we get quiet, and we get we get, you know, alone and we start thinking. We begin to get depressed, negative. What was that today? Why did I do that? So let me, let me just say this. In those moments, the psalmist said this even though all this is happening in my life, boom, what I'm going to do is I'm going to recall what God has done in the past. And he begins to preach himself happy. I I believe David was verbal. So when it came out of his mouth in a song or something, he heard it himself and began to change his direction. Or let's say, stay on the right direction. And he begins to recall of how God brought him through the, the, the slavery of Egypt into a promised land. As I talked on that week of the goodness of God and how you can't even begin to understand the goodness of God until you commit to the direction that he has for you. One thing that I want to start this message today that's different, I want to tell you about just real quick the goodness of God on this church we were in a place where we were going to have to decide to buy this property of 10 and a half acres. It was so far out in the sticks that the June bugs showed up in July. I mean, it was way out here. Nobody, why would you, remember, we're all the way almost to Haltom City. This land was 135000 and I thought, you know, if we give every dollar that we have, it's we can't build a God says, would you just listen? I mean, he did it in a nice way, and I said, okay, and we bought the land. But here's what I want you to understand, that once we built the land, God was able to unleash the favor of God on this church. Now, realize it. It is easier to say no than it is to say yes and have faith. At that point, I could have said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to pay $135,000 for that. Now, everybody here is going, what? Ten and a half acres, 135,000? Everybody would. But we didn't have that. And you know how prices have increased? At 135,000, I want you to understand that if you have ever exited the church right here on Rancho Place and got to this stoplight, we own the property that the stoplight and all Rancho Place right now is on. But they cut the square off, you know, the, the corner, to put that road in to line up this uh, mobile home park with Crawford Farm, so it comes to an actual intersection. Everybody that drives by and goes through that intersection doesn't have a clue that that was sold by this church. We bought ten and a half acres, but we sold one quarter of an acre. 43,560 is in an acre square feet. 43,560. So it's somewhere around 10,000 square feet. How much did the city end up giving us for a quarter of an acre? $135,000. The price of the whole property we bought and then sold a quarter of an acre. Do you realize you look so much smarter when you listen to God? That's right. Senior pastor, lead. This morning, embracing your God given identity is something that is common knowledge it's just not common practiced I want to use the example and again today is uh, hopefully a motivational sermon but also it's a it's a discipline of sticking with it what I found out is stickability is not easy for people but let me tell you as you stick with what God has given you and your identity and and believing that and walking it out and staying in the right destiny, God can bring the favor that makes you look so much smarter than you are. You, you know the stories of the disciples before the, the religious people of the day and they said, how can they speak so smart? And they realized that these people had walked with Jesus. In the story of Gideon, his perspective and what has been his uh, direction is he's gravitated that he's average, he's nobody. nobody special. Matter of fact, he probably believes he's a little below average. And this morning, if you've been to that place before, you know what you need to do is stay in the background. You need to stay hidden because if anybody asks for I just can't do that. It's always easier to say no than it is to have faith and walk it out. Gideon thinks he's a nobody. And some of you that have read the Bible long enough and been able to hear this message, you know how it goes. An angel of the Lord shows up one day and he's in a wine press, but he's not doing wine, he's threshing the wheat, which really in a nutshell is he's throwing up wheat and letting all the chaff, all the little pieces of whatever float away because of the wind. And you say, well, why is he in that wine press? Because the time period that just sum it up, the circumstances of his life at this moment, just like it, wherever you are, a circumstance at his point is the enemy is coming in and stealing everything. They just wait until Israel plants everything and ready for the harvest, and they harvest it, and then the enemy comes and goes, thank you very, very much. We'll take that for free. Well, what about us? We're going to starve. We don't care about you. Be glad that we're not killing you. That's the mindset that Gideon has been raised in. But the question is, will he walk in his identity? What is his identity? It's already been given in Deuteronomy 28 that when you follow me, God says, I'll bless you in the city, I'll bless you in the country, I'll bless you coming in, bless you going out. But what Gideon is doing, that a lot of times we do, is we believe only on our belief system, on our experiences. I don't know where you're at this morning, but allow the Holy Spirit to customize this message for you. Begin to process it. You know, all He could do is walk in fear. All He could do is merely survive another day. Now listen to me. When you're in a place of survival, I don't... It's a very sad spot. All you can think of is where am I going to get the next meal? You're not going to be thinking about anybody else, maybe not even your children or a generation that's not even here yet. You you know, back when you know, we all get to enjoy living in the United States, we we don't think about survival. We don't think about people coming in and, and an enemy, you know, taking our stuff. Let me give you just one, again, illustration to bring your mind to how blessed we are. Back, what we call our founding fathers, John Adams, he lived with, you know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and the ones that are familiar, hopefully to you, and you know the story because of school and the details other than they're just on your money. But but John Adams was asked by the French because it was a it was considered a first world uh, country, France. They had a lot of luxury, they had a lot of uh, palaces or whatever you want to call it beautiful uh, uh, architecture. they had beautiful poetry and music. But here's this backwaters country called the United States that's a bunch of nobodies. And I believe that John Adams kind of gets this picture because the French, as he was spending his time as an ambassador for the United States in France, they ask him, they're kind of laughing and, and said, do you, do you enjoy in America, you know, the opera or the, the, you know, the, the ballet? And listen to what his quote is. He says, I have to study politics and war. So that my sons can study mathematics, commerce, and agriculture. So that their sons can study poetry, paintings, and music. If you put that in spiritual terms, in the spirit, some of you are first generation Christians. And you're learning things and you're walking by faith in things that are not easy. And you say, God, I wish my grandparents knew the things that I know now so that it could be an influence on my parents and an influence on me and it would be so much easier because I would have examples and I, my belief system would be based on those things. That I'm telling you right now, you can be a third and fourth generation Christian and, and still have this problem. Well, what I'm saying today is when you begin to walk in your identity and read the Word of God and actually apply it to your life, you know what, they don't work anymore. That's for the Old Testament. That's for the New Testament. That's for the times of the Bible. People will always give you an excuse why the Word of God isn't going to work. But I'm telling you today, and I'm speaking over your life, I believe that you'll say, you know what? You might call me dumb, stupid, don't know. But I'm going to take the word of God literally for my life, for my family, and for the children that I don't even know yet that are coming in generations. Hallelujah, Pastor. Speak it. I'll give you license. Just go ahead, yell it out. The angel greets Gideon. He's living with broken dreams. Past defeats in his life. It's painful. Now you would think that if an angel shows up and says this, Mighty warrior. You'd go, that's right. That's right. It's about time. But Gideon has lived in this identity so long he's ready to fight. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You don't know. Who are you to speak that over my life? The, The Bible says that he has a a debate with him. And this is what comes out of Gideon's mouth. This, remember, confession. It's coming out of his mouth. Confession. Luke 6.45 talks about a tree having fruit being the same thing as what is in the heart is coming out of the mouth. Hello, looky there. And here is Gideon, and here's what's coming out of his mouth because it's right down here in his belly. This is his belief system. Let me just preface it before I say it. He's arguing with an angel. He says this, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? This is Gideon. This wasn't you last week saying this. I hope not. He says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? The Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian. Instead of dreaming, instead of saying, you know what? I I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Instead of understanding that if God has blessed me in the city and the blessed me in the country, bless going in, bless going out, that there is that this is only a bump in the road. Can, can I tell you this? This is not for the faint at heart. This is for believers that you're going to die one day because of your faith in Jesus Christ and what He did for you, and you're going to go to an unseen heaven. See, we underplay that as well, of course. Now, hopefully you're not a believer just to get out of, you know, kind of a fire insurance to get yourself out of hell. That a believer in Christ has a relationship with Christ. So part of it is walking in the things that God has asked us to walk in, and it is faith. I hope that made sense. Gwen did that. She says, slow down, John, slow down. If God is for us, why can I see all these circumstances that don't look like it? Can, can I can I tell you this? That as you're walking by faith, and, and you don't even have to be young. Like I said, you could be 50 years in the church and only have one year experience. What I'm talking about is a lot of people will take another level in Christ, go through a circumstance like this, and they'll, they'll just stay here. That's what Gideon did. Every time you get to a place that you get the word of God in you, there's a test coming. Jesus said to his disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. A storm happened. They thought they were going to drown, but they didn't stand on the word that they'd already believed that he was the son of God that said, we're going to the other side. When you get up to another level, when you're saying, okay, God, I'm going through a circumstance in my life, and it seems like the storm is blowing, the wind's blowing, and you're able to stand strong and say, I am not going to confess out of my mouth that I'm going down. Watch, you begin to pivot and qualify yourself for another level that those things that kept you back years ago don't affect you anymore. Now, now this is so important to understand. But once you walk in fear and doubt and unbelief, it becomes easy to be your second nature and say, nope, not going to do it. So what people do, and hopefully I don't have to say this over a few weeks, but if I do, I'm calling my shot, okay? I'm I'm telling you, so I don't, you know, I'm not seeing. I know that I'm going to say, okay, so here's what I want you to know is I'm going to repeat this is when you get here and you say, no, you disqualify yourself from going to another level. So if you stay at that level where every time a storm comes into your life, you just pivot the wrong way and say. I didn't say you say you're not a Christian anymore. You just don't walk in faith anymore. So, what's easy to do is begin to confess God doesn't work that way anymore, or whatever you confess that is opposite of the word of God becomes your belief system. And out of your belief system will put you, you're making a choice that'll put you in experience. A lot of people will be a self fulfilling prophet over their own destiny because they'll say, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, you're not going to receive it. And if you do, you think, well, it's a coincidence. You're different than that. Here's Gideon and he's got to be, you know, talked into it. Again, a painful past will blind you. If you're not aware that it's doing it. There is no hope in the future if you don't have faith in just right now what God's doing. Without hope, it's not long until you begin to build a belief system that says, maybe he does and maybe he doesn't. The purpose and identity that God has spoken in your life is so important that we need to remember that it doesn't happen tomorrow. Do you remember when I talked about habits and and atomic habits, just the little habits? Just the little things that you do every day will compound into major changes in a person's life. But we get in this mindset that once we get saved and we hear about the things that God's doing in our life, you know, we're going to go to a mountaintop and and memorize the Bible. We got to do it all today. Listen, as you're walking it out, every time that you walk it out and you do things, you watch what comes out of your mouth, the negative things, the fear, doubt, and unbelief, you watch it. No, I'm not going to talk about that. Every time that you do that and you confess that God is good, God's going to do this in my life, you're casting a vote for that person that you want to be. Let me put it this way. The the person that God says you are in your identity. Now, now, let me tell you, the older we get, the stronger our belief system that is based on our own experiences are. That's why a lot of times we see a young Christian, we go, man, they are crazy. They are stupid. What are they thinking? and they're ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. Well, they better not do that. Honey, settle down. Let them go. Jump on. Let them be around you. Just the proximity of someone speaking faith will change your life. It's the same way the other way. When somebody is not of faith that's surrounding you, you can go to a church that doesn't speak faith in your life, and pretty soon you're like, no, I'm nothing. You'll start singing songs, such a worm as I. Let's just hold the fort. That's not us. From my brother in Brazil, I got an amen. Let me start wrapping this up. The difference is the perspective that God had for Gideon. And that is, hell, mighty warrior. Now watch this. God sees Superman, but Gideon sees Clark Kent. God sees Spider-Man, but Gideon sees Peter Parker. See, what you have in your future, God sees totally different than the person that can't see by faith. Will you allow God to speak in your life? Because if you don't, again, your belief system will even go to What we talked about, Elijah, his exaggeration when he's in fear, doubt, unbelief, exhaustion. He was a man of God that all of us would aspire. Wow! But if it can happen to him, it can happen to us. Keep away from that. His exhaustion led him to say to God, God, I'm the only one left in the whole world that really is doing what you... And God says, no, you're not. It's Elisha's servant that is just totally hopeless. Look at that big army. There's no, God says, no, 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 I got it. And it's like in this church's life, if you've been here one week or if you've been here a long time, you've watched the hand of God over time work out every problem, every problem. And let me tell you, Every time there's a there's a chance to walk in fear, doubt, and unbelief. When we're building the church, after the land is a miracle, we bought the one man says, I'm not even gonna let you build out there. And the pastor, again, lead pastor, senior, sits in my recliner at home and because of nerves and fear starts twitching. Now again, I laugh about it, and I use it only as an example to say, don't do that. And I remember as God began to walk me out of that fear, as he'll walk you out of that fear, doubt, and unbelief, that all of a sudden the answer came. And I spoke the answer, and that man says, okay. He hadn't thought about my situation since the time he said, I'm not going to let you build. But I thought it was always on his mind. And he's, you know, the exaggeration. Come on. We'll leave that there. Whose identity have you embraced for your life? Satan will bring up your past failures, your sins, your inadequacies, your thought life, all those things, and try to speak in your life, is that your identity? This morning I'm saying, don't believe that identity. I'll talk about identity theft But do you know how hard it is for even a church to say, if you're visiting today, there's a card in front of you. Fill it out. We'd like to give you a free gift. I'm not giving them my personal identification stuff. Like a church is going to sell it to a scammer or something. I don't know. But that's how the culture that we live in right now, because everybody says, you know, that's very important. But when we talk about our spiritual identity, that is more important than any money that you're holding right now in your whole bank account that's going to dictate where you go for eternity, the enemy comes in and tries to steal that from you, steal, kill, and rob that from you, and you go, okay. Let me encourage you today. We'll continue with the story of Gideon, but Gideon begins to walk in faith and believe what God spoke over his life, and because of that, a major battle is won, a miracle is done that we talk about today. In your life, in your identity, it's so, so critical. What I encourage you to do this week is get into the Word of God. Let me tell you, where do I start, Pastor? Here's just one place that's amazing. The whole Bible has incredible revelation. Start in Proverbs. Well, where do I start in Proverbs? Whatever day it is, there's enough Proverbs for every day of the month. Just go ahead and begin reading there. Today is the third, Proverbs chapter 3. Just read it. But please read it and try to remember something. If somebody said, give me one thing you read today about that. Instead of going, I read it. What would you hear? What would you read? I don't have a clue, but I read it all. Read it in order to meditate on it later. It'll, it'll go from different things to different things. But it speaks about you as a believer and the, the wise ability of God or the wisdom of God being in your life. As we come into Christmas, I want you just to see real quick a parallel. On the day an angel will show up and talk to a young lady about having a child of God, she goes, I'm in. Don't make that a little thing. Because the... Divine birth of Jesus Christ is a major thing in our life as believers. But it started with a young lady saying, so be it to me as you've said. That's an identity that she had in her life that she would be able to be obedient. Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, today, I thank you for all that you've done in our lives. God, what is coming in our lives. And Father, the wisdom and the ability to do the things that you're asking. Father, today you're a wonderful Father. And you love us and want the very best for us. We thank you for that. This morning, if you'll stand with me, Gwen's going to give you some reminders before we go.
3: Great to have you with us today. If you're our first-time guest, we ask that you just take that connection card that's on the seat back in front of you, and complete it, and take it to one of our ushers at the back. We have a gift for you, and we want to thank you for coming and being a part of our service today. We'd love to be your church family if you don't have one. Um, For the Christmas season, we want to let you know that there's opportunities for our church family to give. So you may know that this church partners with World Gospel Outreach in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. We had a mission team that went there uh, in the month of August, and so we've partnered with them for several years now. At their um, children's home there at Rancho Ebenezer, there are currently 23 children that are being housed there. And to sponsor those children for the month of December, it's $40 per child. So allow the Lord to speak to you. Does, would your family unit like to sponsor one of those children? We want to sponsor as a church all 23 of them. That's just a little under $1,000, so we're asking you collectively as a church to think about what God would have you do during the month of December to bless those 23 children at World Gospel Outreach um, at the ranch there, so think about that, pray about it. We appreciate you uh, faithfully giving to the church, and you can do that by going to our website. You can go to midsizechurch.com and give online. You can also give by Completing the envelope on the seat back in front of you and giving in cash when you're in the service. You can also mail in any offering you might have. We so thank you for being part of this church. You know, together, we make a bigger impact than any one of us can make on our own. So we do so appreciate your faithfulness to this church. Also, there'll be an opportunity for you to give as a church to a family that last year we were able to support two families, um, both single moms, for. The Christmas season, we're looking forward to sponsoring another family again this year. So again, all you have to do is make a, a clear uh, note on the envelope as you give, or you can make a note when you give online that you're giving toward that, uh, toward sponsoring a family this Christmas. So we just want to thank you so much in advance for your giving. There's some great things ahead in the month of December. Ladies, we have a party next week. You don't want to miss it. It's more than a party. I like parties, but it's more than a party. It's a party with a purpose. It's a great opportunity for us to connect, and also you'll hear uh, some really, a couple of really great testimonies of women right here in our church that have seen amazing things. All of you have stories that uh, represent your lives and what you've been through. It's going to be a great time of encouragement, food also, and uh, just a great time to connect, so make sure you sign up today. Um, At the back, there's uh, someone at the connection table, ladies, to meet you there, and you can invite a friend. I hope you have a great week ahead. Merry Christmas to all of you, and we just so appreciate you. God bless you.